the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Woohoo! Welcome to today's show. Today we have an amazing man of God with us, and you will love him. His name is Levi Moran. Um, and then stick around for the latter part of the show because I, today we will be starting a three-part study on on Baalam. And some people say it Balaam, but it's incredible and it comes out of Numbers chapter 22. But with that, Levi, thank you so much for being here with us today. And uh, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better today. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Actually, it's my second time here. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a pastor down in Oceanside. I work at the Anchor. It's a nonprofit. Um, been living in California since 2010. When I retired out of the Marine Corps in 2013, I stayed on, uh, living in Escondido. And uh, I've known you since 2011, like yes. last time we talked about. And uh, but doing good. Things are good. Wife's good. Kids are all grown up now, as it goes. And I think when we first met, my kids were in elementary school. Elementary school. And now they're all grown up. It's crazy. Time flies, right? Time flies. <laughs> I can't believe how much time has gone by. So what you didn't tell our audience is, uh, is you were in the military. You you did a couple of tours in Iraq. I did two tours in Iraq, one in Afghanistan. So a total of three combat tours. Uh, 2003, the invasion. I uh, was in Afghanistan to uh, 0506 and Iraq 0607. So, Korangal uh, of Afghanistan and Haditha City, Iraq. Wow! I know when I met you, I met you at a park, and it was a uh, you know one of those gang infested parks, and and you showed up, and I kind of saw you out of place there. And, oh yeah! And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so we we spoke a little bit, and and. Uh, Come to find out you were a wounded warrior. Tell us a little bit about that story, and then we'll go into some other stuff. Okay. So, yes, I'm a wounded warrior. Uh, it was in September 2006. An anti-tank mine uh, blew up the vehicle I was in. It was an LVS truck. Uh, the vehicle uh, had another dr- uh, the driver, and then I was the passenger. So when it blew up the vehicle, it blew me out the door, and then I ended up um, having my arm pulled out of the socket and inverted. I also uh, had shrapnel, so I had to um, get my teeth fixed because it had shifted around my teeth over time. Um, my driver, he lived. He took uh, shrapnel from his heel to his butt cheek, and he got uh, blown over the wall. And, uh, but it was, uh, and then it caused a bad TBI in my head, so my, my brain bounced around in my skull a little bit, uh, causing me to, to black out. But... Uh, Overall, I kept my parts, which is nice, but the internal took took the most damage. So 
the inside of my mouth is not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- let's not look in there. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I have I have uh, uh, fake teeth in some parts, and then I had uh, shrapnel like pushing out the teeth, so it was messing up. <laughs> I-, I was actually with you one day when you like. Yep. And you took a piece of yeah. metal out of your mouth yeah. and it just came out. Yeah. I, I don't remember exactly where we were, but I just remember I felt a weird sensation. I was like, what is that? Next thing you know, it was a piece of metal coming out. <laughs> That's actually happened a few times. Uh, some people, they don't know what to do and they see it and they're just like, what is that? Like, what is metal. that? Yeah. In fact, I had a dentist work on me because uh, I was having problems. It was uh, a couple of years back. And then he looked inside under the tooth and he's like, what is that? And he found a huge chunk of metal that was still in there. Wow. So he pulled it out. <laughs> wow. So yeah. here, tell me, uh, uh, tell me, you know, I, I want to hear some war stories. And I know sometimes they can be painful, but um, you're now a pastor. You're now, you know, serving the Lord wholeheartedly. But let us hear some of these stories, if that is okay with you. Of like, what are you, are you looking more for like what the, what's going on with the anchor as far as some of the Marines that come through? Because that's a war story in itself. Or are we talking more of the physical war? Well, we'll get to that because we have a little time. But give me some physical war okay. stuff. I know sometimes, you know, a lot of uh, us, a lot of Americans that, you know, we don't really know what happens there. We read the stories. We see the newspapers and you know, unfortunately, we see people die. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you don't mind, tell me some of these stories that made me memorable. Let's start with one. Mm. Um, okay, let me think about this. So I'm trying to figure out what's a good one I could tell that's not too graphic. <laughs> um, well, when it comes to going overseas and deployments, uh, a lot of times what people don't realize is uh, there's a lot of boredom sometimes. A lot of sitting around. Um, time seems to go a bit slower, and you just you want to get through it. Uh, the big thing I can share is this, I guess. Uh, in 2006, 2007, when we had gone to Iraq, uh, the hi- fighting in Haditha was so bad that the rate of it was just insane. And so basically what had happened was one unit was was transitioning out. We were transitioning in, and we were taking a lot of casualties. We took uh, 23 casualties and 280 wounded in a matter wow. of months. We became combat ineffective because of how many people were, were getting wounded. Wow. IEDs were everywhere, uh, a lot of firefights. Um, but it, 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 Hadita was a rough place, and, you know, they always try to make movies, and it doesn't, doesn't do justice. In fact, the movie they made was horrible. Um, but it, it was a really extremely rough place that, that it happened. And then what people didn't know too is, um, I, I don't know at the time if it was Al Qaeda or a different group that was involved, but they were hiring, um, snipers from other countries to come in and take us out. Wow. Uh, they were hiring other fighters. And then, so it was, there was different battles going on in there, um, and even being inside Haditha, we'd taken over school and always getting bombarded there by mortars. So I guess I could put it to you like this for one of the stories. We were in the, we were in the FOB, it's Forward Observation Base, and we were getting ready to do a patrol. It's a tiny one. It's not these big ones that you see sometimes in the movies. It's real tiny. And um, it was basically a school we had turned into a, a spot for us. And so we're, we're getting everything ready, and uh, we just hear Boom, 
right? And so we're checking on everyone, make sure they're all good. And uh, so we're looking for our master sergeant at the time. And uh, we're trying to, you know, you get your full count, make sure one's accounted for. And we couldn't find him. It turned out he had to go use the bathroom. And so over there, you just, you make a bathroom where you can. <laughs> and so he's sitting on the can, he says, and you, you, all your gear's kind of off because it's, you're trying to be right. comfortable using it. And he hear, all of a sudden, he heard, he said like this, he goes, all I heard was thump, because you could hear the thing in the air. And he's like, that's not good. And he put his Kevlar on. He goes, I guess if I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> wow. So the the mortar round hit in the center, missed him. Uh, but, I mean, you look at it now, some of it's funny. You laugh at some of it, but some of it's pretty sad. Um, but it, it it's really hard in some areas to talk about some of the things. Uh, for Afghanistan, uh, being out in the valleys was interesting. It almost it's an, it looks like a national park. In fact, I may be wrong, but I heard that uh, back in the seventies, a lot of Americans went there in the Chake Valley, the Tantil, and the Corongo. Right. It was like a valley, uh, uh, like a tourist spot, and then it turned into a big battlefield. So think about like you're going out to Yellowstone, and all of a sudden Yellowstone is now just this big warring place, or Yosemite is now the place where you have to fight constantly. Wow. So the thing coming back from all that, uh, for me personally, uh, I still like, I don't like hiking because it freaks me out. I still feel like I'm being watched. Wow. I don't like it. Uh, I usually have to take my dog to like always alert me of things. Um, and I know people who just won't go near big buildings because of some of the areas of Iraq. But for me, like, um, if you were like, yeah, let's go hiking. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Let's go camping. <laughs> My idea of camping is now a hotel room. So <laughs> it just, it, it, it took all that away. So, um, but there was, there was moments that were funny over there. There were moments that were rough. Um, you know, I got, I never got to see my driver again until I only saw him once. And I also, one of the things I had to do was, um, I came across my vehicle, got blown up. And so it was kind of, I kind of needed, it was a way to reconcile, kind of look at it, but it was, it was weird for me being over there was kind of like, you just, you're moving, you're doing, you're going, make it home, make it home, make it home. And it didn't hit me till I had to change duty stations. And then I got put into uh, recruiting and then everything was bombarding me like crazy. Uh, Some people, when they're, when they're with their, their friends in the military, it's like, okay, I'm good. But I think, um, the constant movement was helping and um but there was a lot of things that had happened over there uh it's just some of it is rough it's really rough to think about but i try to i try to when i think about those places i i i can recall the firefights i can recall the ieds i can re- i i can remember like at uh one point uh it was so bad everyone was piling in vehicles and we were we were piling in Hiluxes, and a Hilux is not an armored vehicle, and you were using any vehicle to get out. Wow. So it was rough uh, in that area. And then I think about some of the guys that uh, they were they were going through crazier things than I was and holding their own. Um, but it, it's overall was it was a tough place to be. Uh, would I ever want to go back? Probably not. Probably not. And. Uh, and even I had a friend who, uh, I won't say what country he's in, but he's part of the underground church. And he's like, oh, come on over, pastor, and preach. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, the Lord's going to have to, like, really, like, a vision. <laughs> Be like, you must go. 
Because <laughs> I joke with him. I'm like, no way, dude. Like, I'm not going. I'm not going. There. It's rough. You know, it's just I, I have to be really careful. And, and uh, you know, some people are like, well, you know. So I, it's funny. Cause I have people tell me like, well, PTSD is not real. And I'm like, dude, it's 100% real. The Lord helps you deal with it. But you, you, I have, um, I have safeguards, so I don't have a bad moment. Amen. So I just, I, I watch myself in those things. But it, it's, it's kind of like what you told me one time when you had your, you know, the prison thing, and you have these weird dreams, right? And you're dreaming, and then yes. you're just like, "Whoa, this is a dream! I could wake up." It's same with me. I have dreams about that place sometimes, and then I just go, "Wait, this is a dream." And I can pop out of it. And you I know? can wake up. Yeah. So it's, but overall, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. I, I don't know. It's weird. I kind of caught me off guard. So, because <laughs> I just, I don't know where to go with it. Cause, well, let's change that little yeah, subject now. Yeah. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas. And we currently have an amazing guest. He's a wounded warrior. Uh, Military man, a man of war, but now a man of peace. He's a pastor at, at the anchor. And with that, let's continue with some questions. So okay. let, let, let's change the topic a little bit. I, I don't want to get us into this drama yeah. thing. <laughs> no. no, those days are over. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. You're now a, a pastor at the anchor, and it's an ocean side, and it's, it's open to the military. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that place. So the anchor was founded in 1971. Excuse me, 1951. 1951. <laughs> 51. We've been around for uh, over 70 years. Uh, it was four men who wanted to help the Marines go into the Korean War, and so they started it. Uh, it started in a theater across the street, but that theater is now gone. Yes. Uh, it's moved into the current building we're at in 89, and I've been there since 2012. The whole purpose is to give a home away from home for the military, we feed them. We do three types of sandwiches, six types of shakes. Uh, there's pool, darts, video games, all kinds of stuff to do. And um, in the midst of all that, and they're hanging out, we get to know them and then give them the gospel, get to see what's going on in their life and kind of guide them just to encourage them as they're figuring out their military life. Some of them are vets, so we talk about things we've been through. And... Um, but that's that's the anchor in itself. It's it's a, a home away from home for the military to to function. We we do our main events on Friday, so we have a Bible study on Friday and a dinner. And Saturday uh, we're open from one thirty to nine, and then we serve food all day and just let everyone hang out. And uh, sometimes they want to talk, and sometimes they want to be left alone. But the whole purpose is that they can feel uh, comfortable and just feel like no one's going to mess with them. That's awesome. Yeah. So. You have people that volunteer there. Is everybody military that volunteers there, or is there people from all walks of life? All walks of life. Uh, we have civilian, military. Some people have never served, but they just have a heart to serve people. So uh, we have a whole kitchen team. We have an outreach team. When I say that, it's like they're outside and talking to the individuals. Um, we have expediters for the food. We have people hosting, people helping there's a cleanup crew, a setup crew. There's a lot of ways. So some people who feel like they want to be in the background, you can be in the background and no one knows you're there. Or if you want to be right out front and talk to everyone, you can do that too. But uh, 
you just I tell them when you come in, your goal is to get to know them, let them kind of guide the conversation, and then you'll know how to reach them because everyone's got a different background. That's awesome. I know you also, uh, one of the things you do is you bring in guest speakers. Correct. Um, tell me some of these names of some of the guest speakers that have actually been there. Well, we just had um, Octavio Sanchez from Front Sight, who was a Marine with, uh, with Fifth Marines who got hit by an ID and he lost his arm and his hand. Uh, we had Fernando Borboa from Front Sight. He was a, a combat vet as well. who was in the invasion of Iraq. In fact, one of his pictures is on the cover of Time magazine. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the, July 7th, we have Ryan Reese coming. So Raul Reese's son. Okay. And I'm still working to get Raul, but we, we pinpointed down to two dates, but he's a busy guy. Uh, in the past, we've had you. Right. So you yes. come and tell your story. Uh, we had Bill Weiss, who wrote the book, 23 Minutes in Hell. Um. We've had uh, different military guys who've told their stories and have come through. Uh, and then we've also had like people from Johnny Erickson Tata come through. Uh, some of the other Calvary chapels, some of the other churches uh, have come through. And uh, a young lady named uh, Marlene Barba, who she's a survivor of suicide. She put a shotgun in her mouth and pulled the trigger and survived. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she's spoken there. So that, the, the, the shotgun blast came out. Mm-hmm. And and that she, you can see all the surgeries and wow. So when she spoke, we said uh, we're going to show the picture of immediately after what it did. If you're queasy, look away. But we're going to show it for about four seconds. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So when we did it for the military, because they've seen stuff, we held it, we kept it up longer. But um, so those are some of the guest speakers that have come through to to share. Um, and then I just, I, what I do is I kind of think like, what season are we in? Where do we want to go? So we've even had L.A. Marzulli come out. If anyone's familiar with him, he's, okay. uh, he's, he's, he's geared more towards like when people ask questions about the occult and UFOs and all that. And he explains the biblical answers of that. Awesome. Yeah. So what's one of the most interesting people outside of the people that, that have spoken there that you've met and, 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 Without getting into a lot of details, because sometimes you don't want to reveal who, you know. Who's who. who? <laughs> right. But one of the people that, that comes to mind that you've met there that had an interesting story. Um, okay. So the first one, is, his name is Joseph. Mm-hmm. Okay. He still helps me. He does worship. Yeah. He, he's helped in so many ways. When I met him, it was years ago uh, in 2012. And he, and there's a very interesting story about him. He was demon possessed when I met him. Wow. Yeah. He was, he was into the occult and he was really a mess. He was brought to a Bible study uh, and his friend had brought him. They were both in the Marine Corps as MPs. And so he comes uh, to the Bible study. And at that time, a young lady named Katie, she was, asking us about these weird dreams she was having. And it was the same dream over and over of this, this snake wrapping around her bed and tormenting her. Wow. So I said, let's go pray for you and let's go pray over your room. So we went along and Joseph tagged along and he, I told him like, just wait right here. Cause I didn't know where he was in Christ. And, right. and then I told him about Jesus and everything. I said, you need to be set free. So we, I asked him, do you want Christ to come to your life? And he said, yeah. We went to his room. At the time, it was a barracks room. This is Joseph. This is Joseph, yeah. Go to his room. MP. 
He's an MP, military police. And we were going to pray for him and that he would be set free. And it was me and a former Army guy and an active duty Marine that was another MP. And at the time, when we roll up to the barracks, this person is standing in the parking lot, doesn't know who we are, just right by the dumpster, and goes, don't go with them, Joseph. Stay with us. And we're like, what was that? So then as we get closer to Joseph's room, this young lady pops out and goes, Joseph, come drink with us. Don't go with them. Again, we're like, they don't have a clue we are. We don't have nothing on. on. There's right. nothing that says, hi, I'm from such and such. And we look like Marines because right. at the time we were still Marines. <laughs> and so we got to his room. We prayed over him. Um, the Lord set him free. He, he was delivered of all those demons. And he now shares his testimony, and he's married and has a kid and leads worship, like I said. And, Amen. But the really cool thing about this story, the young lady who was like, no, don't go with them, her name is Stephanie. And years later, last year, she popped into the anchor, wow. now a believer, wow. married to a guy named Joe who was an MP with Joseph and Isaac at the time. Wow. And now she's my administrative assistant. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so it was really interesting. That happened in 2012. And then recently the Lord has brought her through. And they just had a brand new baby. Wow, yeah. praise God. Yeah, so the Lord, the, you can see the whole tapestry of how God works. So he's one story. Uh, the other one. Let me ask you a question about Joseph. Okay, go for it. So Joseph's delivered that day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've been part of prayer uh, when we are actually, a, I, I don't call it an exorcist. That's just a word that came out. Deliverance. A deliverance. Yeah. And when the guy's actually head turns like oh, I remember that guy. Like crazy, you <laughs> yeah. know, and it's like so was it when you prayed for Joseph, did was there any anything unusual that happened or was it just just released? Uh nothing that he did. He didn't do anything crazy. That's awesome. You could see that the Lord released him. And I don't know how to explain this because it it was almost like it physically happened, but it maybe was happening in the spirit. But it was like the room shook. Wow. Yeah. You, you felt that Yeah, like that the room presence. just went and shook. And But it's weird to explain because it wasn't like people popped out and was right. like, was that an earthquake? But something happened that it shook really hard when it released him. Because when I, when I found out how deep he was into things, it was pretty bad. It was like really bad. And so whatever demonic spirit had attached himself, um, he, he, and he doesn't care if I share this. It was doing things like in the middle of the night coming and opening his mouth by force and touching his teeth. Wow. Yeah. And he said he got involved in it because another Marine who was into the occult said, I need to open your chakra. Wow. And after that had happened, then this entity started showing up all the time and would do the same thing over and over, open his jaw by force and touch his teeth. Same thing. Yeah. I can't imagine that happening. And and so he went and told the Marine that opened his chakra, and he's like, oh, yeah, she likes teeth, so don't move when she does it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So whether, you know, but he's delivered of all that. Praise God. Yeah. That, that's amazing. Well, tell me another little story of that. Uh, we had another young man uh, named Luke, and he's a Marine from Oregon, all right? Uh, he actually... Um, was a neo-Nazi, 
and and I'm Jewish. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> so I don't know if you want me to continue after the break, or, but um, he he basically came into the anchor. He was a neo Nazi. He came to know Christ, and me being Jewish led him to the Lord. And um, he had a background understanding from his parents, but uh, I ta- the Lord used me to just walk him through the Bible, and he learned how to like be like Christ and love like Christ and let go of all that hatred. That's amazing. So we have about a minute. Can you give our audience a, a word of encouragement? Yes. Uh, you know, no matter your background, keep your eyes on Jesus. And the other thing I want to say is our world's getting crazy, and it can seem like turmoil. And, and the media is just, you know, it can be drowning sometimes. But if you keep your eyes on Christ, be in your word, and know that just like if you notice Christmas is around the corner, but it's November, Thanksgiving's near. So when you see all this chaos, know that the rapture is near. Ooh, that's beautiful. Levi, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, if you don't mind, like, you know, hanging out with us yeah. and closing us out in prayer afterwards. But, hey, please come back. We will be in Numbers chapter 22. That was Levi Moran from The Anchor in Oceanside, California. We love you guys, and we'll see you really soon. God bless you. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. And now we have the latter part of the show. And today we will be coming out of Numbers chapter 22. This will be a, a three-part series, so make sure you come back next Sunday as well if you want to hear the rest of this message. But before we turn to Numbers chapter 22, um, I, I wanted to read something out of the New Testament in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, so that we get a, but, a better understanding as we go through um Numbers chapter 22. So without further ado, Romans 1, 18 says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God showed it unto them. 
<clears throat> for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. So what is amazing about that verse is that one day everyone will face God and we will have no excuse before him because the Bible is very clear that there will be no excuse because what may be known of God, he has showed you. And you may say, what about the Indians? What about all of these people that were not evangelized? This makes it very clear that every single person is without excuse. And as we read now in Numbers chapter 22, you will see how God has made himself known to all peoples. Everyone is without excuse, without excuse. Now, keep that in mind as we begin this chapter. Now, chapter numbers 22, as we start to read, Israel had just had two amazing battles as they were led out of Egypt, and they were now in the desert, and now they were in this mode where they would have to confront and move folks out of the way as they're headed in that direction. Now, in Numbers 22, it says this, And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab and the by the side Jordan by Jericho. And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites, and Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. Now, and Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now all shall this company lick up all that are round about us as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak the son of Zippor was king of the Moabites. At that time, Israel's fame by now was beginning to grow. They knew that the God of heaven had let them go free from Israel after their bondage of 400 years. But what's interesting about this story is that the, the Midianites, who were descendants of Abraham, and the Moabites who were descendants of nephews, law, uh, nephews, um, Abraham's nephew who was Lot. Ooh, I almost got tongue twist there. But it is amazing as as we see this. They could have easily have sat with Israel and talked us out. They were related, but somehow they chose to go a different direction. But they also knew that God was with them and that. They were literally going to 
take over the land. Imagine three million people marching through knowing that the God of heaven, the creator, was with them. Now, verse 5 says this. He sent messengers, therefore, unto Balaam, the son of Beor, to Pethor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Now, he sent messages to Balaam, and what's interesting about this story is Balaam was not Jewish, was not part of Israel, but somehow God was using this person to spread the gospel. And remember, gospel means the good news of God, the good news of God. So as we read this story, you we will see that Balaam had a knowledge of God, and people knew that he was able to give out a word from God. And as we continue, it says, Now come, therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people, for they are too mighty for me. Poor adventure, I shall prevail that we may smite them, that I may drive them out of the land. For I wot that he whom thou blesses is blessed, and whom thou curses is cursed. Now, What's interesting about this verse is that somehow they knew that whomever he blessed, they would be blessed, and whomever he cursed, they would be cursed. Now, these words are interesting because these words that we see on the latter part of the, this, this um, verse as we're reading were given to Abraham. God made this promise to Abraham. Now, As we continue, it says this, The elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. So what they were doing, these folks, the Moabites, they were taking money to get a word of divination. Now, that word divination means means, uh, at that time and a word from a spiritual place. And as we continue, watch what this says. And they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. And here's where we see something interesting that takes place. And he said unto them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again as the Lord shall speak unto me. And the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. Now, that word Lord is capitalized. That word Lord is Jehovah. Let me go see what Jehovah, let me go see what God will say to me. And so the princes of Moab stayed there to see what Balaam would have for them. And God, here's God, Yahweh came unto Balaam and said, what men are these that are with thee? Now, it isn't like God didn't know, but he's beginning to speak to Balaam, whom we see that God knew. And Balaam said unto God, was having a regular conversation, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, had sent me unto me, saying, Behold, 
There is a people come out of Egypt which covereth the face of the earth. Come now, curse me then, poor adventure. I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. Come help me. We know that whom you bless is blessed and whom you curse is cursed. Come help us. Now, it's interesting because, again, Baalam was not Jewish, was not an Israelite, yet he knew the God of heaven, and God somehow used them to give people a word. Now, here's what this says. In verse 12, it says, And God said unto Balaam, It's God who is speaking to Balaam, not Satan, not someone who is putting things in his ear, but it's God. Thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people for they are blessed. He goes, do not go with them. Those people are blessed. 13 says this, And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balaam, Get you into your land, for the Lord, Jehovah, refuses to give me leave to go with you. He's not letting me go. God is not giving me permission to go. So from this story, we can definitely know that Baalam started off good, that he knew the true God of heaven. And the princes of Moab rose up, they went on to Balak and said, on, and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. And Balak sent you again princes more and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said unto him, Thus saith Balak, the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. So at this point now, there's a lot that Baalam has to deal with. He has now honorable, more, more honorable men and probably more things that were being given to him so that he could come. No doubt, there's this great temptation within him now. Remember, the love of money is the root of evil. Not money itself, it's the love of money. Now, money is, is crazy because it does things to people that you cannot imagine when you have it. I've heard many stories, and I've, I've actually had people like at our church, hey, when I get all my money, I'm going to give to the church, and I, you can believe this. I know one of the richest men in California whom we let stay in one of the places at the church for over a year without saying his name. And he says, I'm, when I get my money, I'm going to help. And don't, because he was being left out of this will that his dad gave him where millions, millions of dollars. He says, and I will give you a million dollars and I will pay the church off. And, and when I heard that, it was in and out of the year, because I've heard that many times. And it was, I left it there because if it ever happened, I could be grateful. I could say, praise the Lord, but I know what happens. And of course, once he got all of his money, he ended up getting about $100 million. He never showed up again. <laughs> so you know that we have to be careful because we can say things, but if we're not Rooted in his word, money can make us go astray. And this is what we'll see here. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus saith Balak, the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. 
17 says this, for I will promote thee unto a very great honor and do whatever thou sayest unto me. Come therefore, I pray thee, come curse me these people. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, if Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord, beyond the word of Jehovah, my God. He calls him my God, the Lord, my God. He says he's my God and whatever he says to me, I cannot go to do less or more. Now, I want to remind you again that Balaam was not a Hebrew. Balaam was most likely a descendant from Ham because remember the Canaanites were were related to Ham, were part of his lineage. Now, therefore, I pray you, tear you here this night that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. He already knew what God had told him not to go. He answers the way he should, but somehow that ringing of honor and of silver and gold, as we read in verse 17, begins to somehow permeate into his soul. Wait here, let me go talk to God again. 20 says, And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I say unto thee, thou shall not do. So it's interesting that God now says, go ahead and go with them. It reminds me of sometime when my children continue to ask me for something. And I don't really want to give it to them because I know it can be hurtful for them. And I'll say, okay, you can have one candy bar, but that's it. And then immediately after they eat that candy bar, they want more. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I I should have stopped this. Remember, God is a father to us. And there's this there's this picture that we're fathers to our children. And we need our parents. We need our daddies. Uh, you can see the statistics. Most families that don't have a dad around end up falling apart. The father is this figure that is very important to a family. But here God says, okay. Go ahead and go, but only say what I am letting you say to them. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through this incredible story in Numbers chapter 22. And we see that every man is without excuse because God makes sure that every human being knows about the Creator, knows about God. So when you face Him, you do not have an excuse. No one told me God, because what may be seen of God has been revealed to you. To you. If you are a believer, this message is even applicable to you, not to fall in the trap of silver and gold. And as we continue in verse 22, after God gives him now permission to go, but only say what I said, and God's anger was kindled because he went. You're like, whoa, what happened? 
God knew what was going to happen. God knew that he would eventually fall into this trap of greed. It's like when I I just gave you that example when my children are asking for candy. I know that after, especially one of my daughters, after I give it to her, she wants more. It's never enough. And then it says, And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now, if you don't know, and the angel of the Lord was no doubt Jesus Christ. You're like, wait, wait a minute. And we will see how when he appeared, and there's many places where he is total deity, and we see it clearly, but wait as we continue, there is something interesting as we go. Now, he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way. Now, as we read this verse, there's so much in it as well. And his sword drawn in his hand, and the ass turned aside out of the way. Now, you know, most of us think that asses are, are dumb, that donkeys are dumb. But here we see that the ass saw him. The ass's eyes were opened, and he turned out of the way and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her in the way. Like, what's wrong with you? And smote it, hit it. But the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards. A wall being on this side and a wall on that side. You know what a vineyard is, where they have their rows. So the donkey tried to move out of the way. Again, when the when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself onto the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall and he smote her again. What is wrong with you? Because now he hurt his foot. Now he's really angry. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place and there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. See, the donkey, the ass was only trying to protect its master. Its master. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam, and Balaam's anger was kindled, and she smote the ass with a staff. Now, you can see that the ass is trying to save its master, but I'm sure at the same time is thinking, if he gets slayed, I'm going to get slayed perhaps as well. And we see the response of the ass. It fell down. And here is what's interesting. And miraculous and the Lord opened the mouth of the ass and she said unto Balaam what have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times now I want you to know something that if God can use an ass a donkey he can use you for his glory you're like wait a minute are you calling me an ass absolutely not But if you see this picture and you see an ass being used to save the life of another person, how much more you, how much more can he use you to save the life of another person? If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you're a believer and you're listening to this now, this show right now, and you care about humanity, 
and you know that hell is real, and you have people that do not believe because they've never heard of the gospel and you've never said nothing to them because you're embarrassed or you believe they may not understand it or want to hear you, today is a day of salvation. If you care for them enough, then you need to speak to them. You need to let them know God can use you as well. Now, something you may not may not know that a lot of scholars and a lot of theologians actually believe that the animals during that time had some form of communication with Adam and Eve and that they somehow communicated and that they somehow understood each other. Remember, when God created everything, it was perfect. Remember, they, they were not carnivorous. They all ate grass. They, they all ate of the fruit of the land. It wasn't until after the flood that man was given permission to actually eat animals. In the millennial period, without getting out of this message, the animals go right back into their original state of creation. They now eat grass as well. And as we continue, it says, And Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me, I would therefore a sword in my hand, for I would kill thee. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am I not thine ass upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine and unto this day? Was I ever what to do unto thee? And he said, Nay. What's amazing about the story is, the ass could have said anything, but he reminds him, hey, I've been faithful to you. I've taken care of you. I've always been there for you. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam and saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand. And he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, now look at these words. And tell me if this angel of the Lord is not divine. If he is not part of the Godhead. Wherefore has that smitten thy ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, to, to stop thee, because thy way is perverse before me. Your way is perverse before me. That's... God speaking to him, saying, your way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me and turned from thee three times, unless she had turned from me. Surely now also I had slain thee and saved her life. And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I knew not that thou stoodest in the way because a way against me. Now therefore, if it displease thee, I will get me back again. I'll go back. I I get it. I displeased you. And the angel of the Lord said unto Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak unto you, thou shalt speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. And when Balak heard that Balaam was come, he went to meet him unto the city of Moab, which is in the border of Anam, which is at the uttermost coast. And Balak said unto Balaam, Did I not earnestly sin unto thee to call thee? 
Wherefore camest thou not unto me? Didn't I call you? Why didn't you come right away? Am I not able to indeed to promote thee to honor? Can I give you everything you want? Don't you see my riches? Don't you know who I am? And Balaam said unto Balak, Lo, I am come unto thee. Have I now any power at all to say anything? The word that I that God putteth in my mouth, that shall I speak. God uses people for his glory. God can use you for his glory. There is never an excuse before God because someone, somehow, will let you know of the good news. And Balaam went unto Balak, and they came unto Kirjazoth. And Balak offered oxen and sheep and sent to Balaam and to the princes that were with him. 41, and we'll close with this verse. And it came to pass on the morrow that Balak took Balaam and brought him up into the high places of Baal. Now Baal was a demon idol that they worshipped. A, a demon idol that had to do with sex. It was a sexual god that they offered a fertility that thence he might see the uttermost part of the people. So here he is. He walked himself into a trap now. He allowed himself to continue to go and says, only what God says, I will speak. You need to come in back next Sunday to to continue the story so that you will get a full understanding of this. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being a student of the word. Uh, And now we will close our show today with Levi, who is the pastor of the Anchor in Oceanside, California. Levi, will you do us the honor? Pray you out. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Uh, Thank you for all that you're doing. We just pray that uh, if anyone who's listening to this message, Lord God, that they would um, go into their heart. It would would apply it to their life, Lord. We thank you for all that you've been providing for the military and for us, Lord. We pray that you would continue to um, give us wisdom how to minister. And, Lord, we just pray a blessing on Adam and his show, Lord, that you would um, continue to help it reach people for the gospel. And if there's anyone here listening, Lord God, that they would surrender their life and ask you to come into their heart and set them free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Levi. That was a a powerful prayer. I am believing God to continue to bless the anchor, and I'm believing God to bless all those that tuned in today. We will see you next Sunday at 5 o'clock p.m. again. Please tune in. We love you. We love you. And God bless you, and we'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. 
The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.